And I would invite you to please join me in a, a word of prayer. Gracious Father, thank you for the love that you so richly pour out upon your children. An undeserved love, but a love, O oh Lord, to sustain us and a love that we need to share. Use us. Amen. I don't know about you, but this text puts me in a downer mood. And thank you. And when I first read it, I couldn't, could but not think about a verse from the second chapter of Luke. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And then from the first chapter of John, he came to his own home and his own people received him not. And then our text. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but the people would not receive him. You know, the, these verses from Scripture are a very sad commentary, not just on the Samaritan people, but I think maybe a sad commentary on us too. The people in, in Jesus' day had waited something like a thousand years and prepared themselves for the coming of the Messiah. They had heard a thousand years of prophecy given about the one that God would send to save his people from their sin. And yet when he came, they didn't recognize him. He didn't come on a white horse leading a huge army behind him. He came in from the desert. He wasn't what they wanted. They wanted somebody to, to kick out the Romans. And he rather gave them a philosophy of we have to share God's love with the Romans. Let them know that we have a God of love. Well, they were dreaming of a kingdom of splendor, of glory, of power. They were not really interested in the kingdom that Jesus brought. He was a threat to those who were in power. There were a lot of people who were making money off of the Roman occupation. And they didn't want Jesus on the scene at all. You know, Jesus still comes to us today in word. You know, I, I keep forgetting. Ben and Aaron, Pastor Aaron won't let me have a microphone so I can wander around. And I, if I don't stand in front of this, then the people in the back can't hear me. So i got to turn over this way when I want to talk to you people. 
Anyway, Jesus still comes through word and sacrament. And you know, not everyone today wants to receive him. Not everyone wants to change from the lifestyle they've set for themselves. People still close the doors of their minds, close the doors of their hearts, close the doors of their homes to the one God sent to save us. One God sent to call us home. The one who God sent to make us his children. Christ comes to change our lives. And not everyone wants to have their life changed. He asks us to receive him into our hearts and make him part of our lives. Not just something we see on Sundays, but part of our lives so a little bit of him can be seen whenever someone looks at us. Now, passing through the area of Samaria, when they came to this village, it was understandable that the people didn't want Jesus to come in. The Samaritans were the people who were left when the rest of the Jewish people were carried off to Babylon. And because they had no real leaders, they intermarried with the local people. They were half-Jews. And when the Jews came back from the Babylonian captivity, the Samaritans said, oh good, now we can help you rebuild Jerusalem. And the Jews said, we don't want you. Well, with that kind of shunning, the Jews and the Samaritans were not really happy with each other. And so it's not surprising that the people of this Samaritan village when they saw that Jesus was headed down to Jerusalem, said, uh, no, move on, move on, find another place. Prejudice was, is what was stopping them. And you know, in our world today, we still have those same age-old prejudices that, that seem to cause us all kind of headaches. You know, every fall, it seems to me there's a, a football game played and there's a bunch of people from this side of Toledo and a bunch of people from the other side of Toledo and they appear not to like each other. Well, Christ came so that we could realize the football game, whether and forgive me for saying this, I'm a fan, along with being a fan of Clemson when they play South Carolina. Um, but Christ still came to make sure that you and I realize that we still love all those people on the other side of the border. The same way the people in Clemson really are supposed to love the people that live in Columbia. I have three, three grandchildren going to be at Clemson this year, so I have to root for Clemson. <laughs> then on top of the prejudice that comes up, there's James and John, the sons of thunder. They figure 
two rights, or excuse me, two wrongs equal one right. And so they go to the Lord and said, Lord, do you want us to call fire down on this village? Burn them up into cinders? And Jesus must have said, Oy vey, what am I going to do with these guys? Christ came to live in our hearts. He shares His love with us so that we can share it with others. No, He said, let's move on. We'll go to another house. You know, James and John should have known better. Same as we should know better when, when somebody sort of closes their, their heart to us. We're, aren't we hurt when we invite somebody who we know goes to no church and we invite them to come to our church? And they say, um, I don't think I'm quite ready. Well, our Lord says, just keep inviting that he's out there working and just maybe one of these times they'll say, okay, I'll give those Lutherans a try. God showers us with his love and he reminds us that it was to the cross of Calvary that he carried his own cross so that each one of us wouldn't have to bear our cross. He was willing to carry it for us. How soon we forget the purpose of God's Word. The purpose of God's Word is to remind us that He came to save us. He came to heal. He came to give us help. He came to give us guidance to give us direction. He came to give us reconciliation and retrieve us. Yes, we sometimes find that we're like the Samaritans with our prejudices. We sometimes find that we're like James and John. And remember, John finally did change his thinking. And in the first chapter of his book, he writes, For God sent his Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might through him have life and have it abundantly. Well, God knows that not only did John change, but that if he would work with them, others would change too. Remember that guy, Saul? He was the persecutor of the early church. With the help of Jesus' love, he became the greatest missionary, Paul, of the Christian church. And there was that guy back in the Old Testament, that little sheep herder who became a king. And he saw this gal taking a sunbath over the tops of the houses. He committed adultery with her. And then he wrote a letter 
to the general of her husband saying that he should be put in the front lines of the battle when the battle started. King David, not only an adulterer, but a murderer. And God had to knock him around just a little bit so that he could become the great leader of the people that he was intended to be. And there are times God has to knock us around. And it's our job to remember those knocks around are to remind us to share the love he has for us. Now, I'm, I'm over a barrel. I'm going to talk about my wife. My wife is sitting here. She doesn't know I'm going to talk about her. My wife and I have lived in four parsonages, and then when I retired, we bought a house. That's five houses we've lived in. Before they ever finished moving the furniture into any one of our houses, she would come in, she would take me by the sleeve, and she'd pull me out in the backyard, and she'd say, can you dig me a place here to plant my roses and a place here to plant my roses? My wife is a nut for roses. When we bought our final house, I made sure there were flower beds all over this place. Would you dig me a hole here and a hole here so I can plant some roses? She goes out and she treats those things. I think she treats them better than, she, than we ever treated our sons. Those things get more fertilizer, more water. If a weed even thinks of popping up around my wife's roses, I think she stomps it to death before she ever pulls it up. Well, I think that's the kind of love that God expects us to have for all of his creation, all of those who need to hear about his love. He expects us to have at least as much love as my wife has for her roses. And that's the job of each one of us. I'm sorry, Shirley. Would you please join me in a closing prayer? Father, we sometimes want to take the easy way. We want to back off from the work that you have called us to do. We sometimes even get angry and want to call down fire from the heavens. But Lord, tap us on the shoulder and if necessary, kick us in the hind quarter that we might remember we are instruments that you use to share your love with your creation. Lord, use us. Amen.